What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to Unscripted with Key. Uh, before we get into anything, I want to just start off by uh, going into a moment of prayer. Then, Father, we give you all honor and glory. Father God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, starting us in our way. We thank you for just blessing us and allowing us all the use of our limbs uh, to be able to be in our right mind, uh, to be further along than we were yesterday. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, for all the things that you have blessed us with in our lives, all the things that you have removed from our lives so that we can continue to move forward. We thank you for growth. We thank you for pulling us out of those those moments that we didn't know how we were going to get out. Um, I thank you for life. I thank you for breath. I thank you for this podcast, our very first episode. Um, I just thank you for being you, Father God. I thank you for being God. So I give you all honor and glory. I ask you, Lord God, and the Holy Spirit to direct this podcast, direct however you need me to speak, whatever you need me to say uh, from this episode on. Uh, lead whoever needs to be hear these podcast episodes to my podcast. Use me as your vessel. It's none of me and all of you. You get all the glory. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. So listen, check me out, right? So I just need y'all to know that I'm super nervous right now. Right. I'm literally in the car driving around Roanoke. Right. And Roanoke, Virginia, for those I never heard of Roanoke, because I never heard of Roanoke either. And so I moved here. But I'm literally in the car driving around Roanoke with no destination in sight, just driving because I didn't want to sit still and twiddle my thumbs while I try to do this first episode. So I went with. So I had three names. Right. So my big sis, Esther, she has a podcast also. Um. And she pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and put her foot on my neck and pushed me some more to do um, the podcast. And she came up with Unplugged with Key, which was really catchy, really dope. And I was like, dang. I like, I think I said, what was my, I think, uh, Key key Uncut or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Key short for Keon, my first name. So... And I was like, all right, cool. So I, I actually went with Unplugged with Key at first. Literally, as soon as I posted my post on Facebook and was like, yeah, I just started me a podcast, woo de woo you know what I'm saying, gave the whole hoorah moment about how, you know what I'm saying, I was pushed to start this joint, posted the name, boom, Holy Spirit hit me. It was like, nah, that ain't what I want you to call it. We're going to call it Unscripted with Key. We calling it that because I'm telling you. As you start listening to my episodes, there's no balance, no order, no script to what we talk about. You know what I'm saying? This is pretty much um, just a platform for for you to come here and to get what you need, to take a moment to unplug and detach from everything going on around you. You know what I'm saying? And as I share my testimonies, as I share things that I go through, things that interest me, you know what I mean? You can have your moment to relate to them. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and preferably, God provides me with things that can be relatable to you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically where I am right now, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, just tell about myself, man. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a dad of three. You know what I'm saying? I'm a divorcee, um, which that's going to be eventual uh, segments of, of my episodes um, going over, you know, how that came about. Um, I'm gonna tell you one thing about me is I'm like super duper, duper, duper transparent. You feel me? Um, I don't hide anything. Um, I don't 
keeping it cut cards because I believe that anything that I've gone through could help somebody else. Um, if you choose to take anything I've gone through and use it for your own vendetta, you know what I'm saying, a negative vendetta, then that's on you and you got to deal with God. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I care less what anybody think about me. And that's, that's just what you're going to get. You're going to get a dude that's real um, and going to give it to you real uncut. Um, but, yeah, I'm going eventually down the road. Maybe, I mean, God God leave me maybe next episode or something like that. But um, just share how I got to that point, um, the emotion, emotional roller coaster I went through, you know what I'm saying, as far as going through and I still continue to go to at this moment uh, because it's still very fresh. Um, except father of three, my oldest being a child that's not biologically mine. I'm going to be discussing that and how it is to be a father to a child that doesn't come from you and all the pains and like the growing pains and the, in the, in the, you know, benefits and blessings that come from that. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, and then having my own two children, uh, being a girl dad and having a youngest son and, you know, just a mixed family in general and, having to deal with the in-laws <laughs> um, and even my own siblings and parents. You know what I'm saying? So you won't get a mix of everything, man. I'm, I'm telling you, my testimony can touch pretty much every variety, man. Um, I was a child. I was a church kid, man. I grew up in the church, ran to the streets, um, hated everything that resembled church and God, uh, ran to drinking, ran to drugs, ran to selling drugs, game banging. Uh, women, uh, which was primary reason for why my divorce was caused. Um, you know, just just a lot. I lived the disloyal. I mean, disloyal. Man, see, I told you it's uncut. But disloyal, untrustworthy. Like, just I was just a horrible dude, man. I just lived a life that that was just very counterfeit. I was very very counterfeit, and I'm still growing out of that counterfeit. You know what I mean? Because every day I grow more. But I was very counterfeit, like dead serious counterfeit. I'm not perfect. I slip up and I curse sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I still have a drink here and there. You know what I'm saying? I just recently got out of the street game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, no, don't get me wrong. I ain't going to say nothing to incriminate myself. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, I'm telling you, God, I'm a work in progress, man. And God is really showing me things. And I know that this podcast is going to help me just as much as help anybody else. So I would be doing someone a, a, a very uh, disservice if I wasn't 100% with y'all. Um, as I said, I live in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, originally, I was born in Washington, D.C., originally from PG County, Capitol Heights. Uh, bounced all around Capitol Heights. Man, I'm the oldest of five. Um, four brothers and one sister. I'm shorter than all my brothers. They all look older than me. <laughs> and my sister is the only one shorter than me. Um, she was like the mom of our, our, our family, man. She, as far as the boys, she, she was the mom for us boys, man. She take care of us. That's my baby. Um, uh, my little brothers, man, it's crazy. You know, I see a lot of myself in each of them. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then I see some stuff that I didn't have in them. You know what I mean? So, um, they all talented. That's another thing I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about, man, feeling inadequate in your family. Um, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit, man. Okay, Holy Spirit. I'm going to touch on that a little bit because this is something that I really, really struggled with, man, and really felt inadequate. Um, I had a lot of insecurities. I deal with a lot. I deal with a lot of insecurities. A lot of insecurities played a part in uh, destroying my marriage. Um, insecurities played a part in uh, uh, demotivating me from going for degrees. 
um, staying in the military, uh, moving in ministry, um, confidence in myself as a man, confidence in my appearance, um, you know, confidence in being able to perform in the bedroom. I mean, I told you it's going to get real. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk about the stuff that men say they don't struggle with, but they really do. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, uh, you know, when women talk about size really matters. That matters to men. <laughs> that bothers that bothers men. And we're going to talk about that, man. Um, we're going to talk about stuff like that. And I'm being very transparent about that, but that's, that's another time. But as far as the inadequacies, like I said, my insecurities played a lot, man. Um, to a point to where it was even... It even affected me to be able to receive compliments from my ex-wife, um, and 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 so much so that I went looking for it through other women, and even then I wasn't even re- receiving the the uh, the validity I needed. I'm not. I wasn't receiving the affirmation I needed. It still wasn't enough. Um, women tell me all the time how handsome I am, how sexy I am, how cute I am. You know what I mean? Have even been compared to Chris Brown, you know what I mean? I'm, and you, y'all, whoever know me might be like, nah, but I'm telling you, if my ex-wife hit this joint, she's going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, it'd be funny. I, I started recording people saying it because she wouldn't believe me, but it's, it's that's another story anyway. But anyway, um, I couldn't receive anything, and it affected my walk with Christ. It affected my confidence in the pulpit, um, my confidence in delivering messages, or even 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 sharing the, the gospel with people. It affected all that, man. I cared so much what people thought that I couldn't be transparent. I couldn't be real with how I was sharing the gospel. Um, but, man, it's, it's hard, man, when you come from a talented family and you feel like you're the only one that doesn't have a gift. That's really hard, man, to even more so be the oldest. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not the tallest in the family. All your brothers, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". You know, your 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 one of your brothers can grow a full beard, and you 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 scratching the surface with a a couple of whiskers under your chin. You know what I'm saying? I mean, your 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 siblings are fitting that society the, the society mold of what a man is nowadays. That you know what I'm saying? Either the beard or tall, dark skin, dark and handsome, can sing, uh, can play instruments, can ball. You know what I mean? Just very different things that they are able to do. My sister sings. Um, you know what I'm saying? She's very intelligent. Uh, getting ready to have her bachelor's degree pretty soon, be a teacher. My brother, 6'4", straight dog at basketball, could have played D1 ball. Um, you know, got the full beard. You know what I mean? Got the Rick, Rick Ross by. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the thing. Yeah, ain't, no, ain't nobody feeling the skinny dudes no more. You know what I'm saying? They like the, the husky dudes now. So he he in there. You know what I'm saying? Um, He he just got his associate's degree. Now he's going to Towson. Um, going for his bachelor's. You know what I mean? I got my brother Brandon, my youngest brother. You know what I mean? He tall, skinny. Got what's considered the pretty hair. You know what I mean? He even got these funny looking eyebrows that get him attention. He can sing. The boy is pretty much a Mozart, was, was 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 pretty much composing his own music at like four years old. You know what I mean? He's a, one of the best pianists I've ever seen in my life. Then I got my brother Aaron, right? So my brother Aaron, tall, skinny, dark skin, right? He's already tall, dark, and handsome. I saw you hear him say it, tall, dark, and handsome, right? All of my brothers are so stylish. My brother Aaron, stylish dude, man. 
can sing. When I tell you, man, this man vocals is like that. I'm telling you, y'all go look him up, man. Go look up Rue Love. R-O-O-L-U-V. Rue Love, man, on YouTube. Um, I'm sure he's on other platforms, too, but I know for a fact he's on YouTube. Rue Love. I'm telling you, when you hear this boy sing, man, you're going to be like, yo, he sound like Chris Brown or something. Like, he a beast. But when you come from a family like that, man, you know, you see your mom and your dad. You see the anointing that's on their life. Your mom going in and a straight beast, you know what I'm saying, the pulpit, man, can 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 lay a sermon down like Meek Mill lay a track. I'm telling you, she a beast in that joint. You know what I'm saying? My father, he he, he walks in a room and 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 you know, it's crazy because his, his his presence just demands so much attention. When he comes in, he comes in so confident. You know what I mean? Handsome dude comes in and like, and it's so crazy is because my father is so comfortable serving my mother and her her ministry and her calling that it's easy to miss the calling that's on his life. Like my dad is a beast, man. My dad can preach. Like, oh, like, man, listen, I'm telling y'all, man. And it's it's crazy. His delivery is so crazy, man. Like, I swear I, I think I get my delivery from him because he breaks everything down to a way. Like, my mom, she a dog. My, my mom is, like, more of, 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 of you know, she getting in there. She traditional. You know what I'm saying? That's because she, she come from a long line of preaching women and men. You know what I'm saying? She do. So, so that thing was up in her. You know what I'm saying? When she get up in there, she get the... Hooping and hollering, boy. I'm telling you, she tearing up. My dad, you know what I mean? My dad, you know what I'm saying? He a Southeast dude, so he got that, he still got that swag to him. You know what I'm saying? He still, yeah, when he hollering, he talking to you, you know what I'm saying? He still slow up a little slang in there, you know what I'm saying? You might hear him throw a little Joe or Shorty or something like that, but he, but he getting it done, you know what I'm saying? He putting it so you can relate, and, and people receive it so much, man. I, I remember growing up and seeing my dad, you know what I'm saying? So many kids. You know, being a magnet to my dad because my dad was so relatable. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't your traditional traditional church guy, to where everything was all buttoned up and he had to the holy and the thou and the arts and all that. You know what I'm saying? My dad was from Southeast. You know what I'm saying? And that's how he carried himself. He carried himself as a man of God, but you know he allowed his authenticity to be a main reason for why he was able to lead people to Christ. He made people want to live for Christ because he was the church for most people. So when you come from a family like that, man, you can't sing. <laughs> You're not tall. I'm not dark scared. I can't grow a beard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you, 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 you tap in now, now. And then look, on top of that, I add more things that I'm going and more, more uh, um, reasons to feel invalid on top of that. Because now I'm a divorcee. Right after being with my ex-wife for what ten and a half years, married nine years this past February, February tenth. But yeah, you coming from a family that has both parents. Well, your parents have been together thirty plus years, almost forty plus years, if not forty plus years, and then been married thirty-two years. You know what I mean? You grew up with both your parents, and you're a divorcee. And you now you're feeling like a failure. So now do I not only feel like I'm the black sheep in the eyeball of the family because I don't have a I don't have a gift. Or what I feel is a gift. I don't have anything to validate me. You know what I'm saying? But now all of, all of a sudden. Man. 
All right, now all of a sudden, man, you know, now you, you lost the best thing in your life because you couldn't get it right. You know what I mean? And now you, you turn around and you're being constantly reminded about how you're a failure in your marriage because you had your mom and your dad that gave you the blueprint on how to be married and you couldn't do it right. You know, when you have someone else will be your forever that was your best friend and you didn't treat him like you were supposed to. You didn't do right by him. You treated him like dirt. And, and then the worst part about it is that you can't use the excuse of not having a dad or not knowing how to love your wife because my dad was there. My dad was the perfect man. Perfect father, perfect husband. Perfect man of God. And I let the ball. I dropped the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feeling adequate, man, when you trying to raise a son that's not yours. And you have family that fights against you being a father to your son, somebody that you chose to be in his life, somebody that you're still in his life even after you you and his mom are divorced and, and they still live with you, like somebody that you love with your whole heart and you have people that fight against you to be in his life. You have in-laws and, 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 and his father's people that fight you and, and make you feel like hell, man, for loving this kid. Force him not to call you dad. Like, man, I'm telling y'all, bro, we're going to get real, man. I'm, I'm, y'all going to hear me. Y'all hear me now, man. Y'all going to hear me from time to time drop tears, man, because I'm telling you, I'm sharing the real with y'all, man. I'm giving y'all me uncut. And I ain't holding nothing back. But that's something I deal with, man. Bad, man. Being feeling inadequate, man. Feeling like I'm not enough. Feeling, feeling like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was, I was born in the wrong place, dog. Cause I feel like that, man. I feel like I was born in the wrong family, born in the wrong place. I feel like my other brothers and my sisters should have been older than me. You know what I mean? I, I. I I see my them getting degrees. I'm the oldest, and I feel like I was supposed to be the one to do all that and lead the way. And guess what? They lead the way, and I'm, I'm not. I lost the house for foreclosure because I was irresponsible with my finances. I allowed infidelity and stepping into other women, stepping in with other women to cause me to lose jobs. You know what I'm saying? And, and lose my house. So now I got my brother. That if I'm being transparent, I get jealous of us from time to time because he's about to get married. He did the whole proposals wherever, whereas I, I took the cheap route and went to the justice of peace. See, I didn't do it like I should have. I didn't lay out the red carpet and do the big surprise and the big hoorah for the engagement and the proposal for my ex-wife like I should have, man. And he did it all. He did this sweet. And I love my boy for that, man. But... You know, in moments, I, I can't help but to feel jealous. I'm just being real. My brother, my baby brother's having a house built from scratch, man. House looking sweet. Him and his fiance. Him and his fiance are waiting to marry so they have sex, man. So she lose her virginity to him, man. I, I, man, come on. I love it, man. I love it, but I can't help but to feel jealous. I can't help but feel jealous, man. I can't help the wish that I could have been the one that could sing. I can't help but the wish I could have been the one to play an instrument or to be the flyest one. 
or to have the height and be able to play D1 ball somewhere. I, I can't help it. Or even to have the good hair. You know it hurts when you have people who always comment on my kids to have a good grain of hair and they got that from my ex-wife. And everybody makes comments, oh, I'm glad they got your hair. See, it may not seem like nothing big to y'all, but you know that little stuff like that when you hear it over your lifestyle, lifetime, it, it hurts. And little, little, little things become major. You know what I'm saying? Being molested as a kid in a whole other state, hundreds of miles from your parents, and not knowing how to open up until you get in your 30s to your parents about how you were touched on. Another reason to feel inadequate. Like I said, lost jobs. Trying to run the game banging to try to hide the, the scared little boy that was in me. Fighting all the time out of fear and not out of courage. Fighting because I thought that if I fought enough and I game banged hard enough and I joined the gang, that it would change how I, how I felt about myself. It would change the person that I looked at in the mirror every day. Losing cause at the cause of the cause. Trying to chase boxing to supplement my faith factor. Trying to chase boxing for a way to make money and uh, a quick get rich, you know what I'm saying, way of getting money versus just putting my faith in God and focusing on my family, using boxing as a, as a way to run from the problems that I was scared to address that eventually destroyed my marriage. So we won't get all we won't get all that, man. We won't get some of all that, man. We won't we won't definitely get all that, man. I'm gonna get down, we're gonna get down and dirty, man. I'm gonna get open with a lot of y'all, man. Obviously, I won't disclose names and the names that will only be involved be mine. You know what I'm saying? Um But yeah, we won't get down with the nitty-gritty, man. We're gonna definitely speak about some stuff, man. And I'm telling you, like. I've done it all, man. I've struggled with it all. I've hurt from it all. Like, everything. Everything, man. You know what I'm saying? From just dealing with another guy in the picture. You know what I'm saying? Um, while being separated. Um, you know, de- dealing with having to go through the heartache of your son telling you that you're not his father. And then you have to respect you. Um, you know, just feeling this connection from your son. You know, just just everything, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna address a lot of stuff, man. We're gonna address, you know, how how much of a fair I felt like for for hurting my best friend, for you know, hurting the love of my life. The woman that held me down and stood in my corner no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And, and betrayed her in the utmost ways. Um, so yeah, man, we won't get down. We won't we won't just we won't discuss all that. Like I said, um I'm gonna try to be as consistent as I can with these episodes. Um 
like I said, because it's unscripted, I don't know which way it's going to go, and I don't know how long it's going to always be. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm going to share as much as me and how God is working on me and how he's changing me as much as possible, man. I am a Christian. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be a Christian to listen to my podcast. You know what I'm saying? I don't force what I believe on anybody. I just allow you to see the God in me and the changes that he's making through me every day as we grow in my podcast and we grow as a family. You know, and if you made a decision to give your life to Christ, then praise God. You know, but it's solely up to you. Um, you can access me if you don't. Uh, well, most likely everybody that's going to be coming on here for the beginning is going to be followers of me on social media anyway. But, yeah, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me if you got any questions or if you have any suggestions or relate to anything that I speak on and you want me to, to you know, speak on it more. Man, you could send it to me on, you know, my Instagram or my Facebook. Um, and, yeah, we can and we can rap about that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure that as I get better with this whole podcast thing, um, over time it will be more organized and, you know, we'll have people that I'll be introducing and bringing on the show and stuff like that. But, like I said, this is my very first joint, man. And y'all got to see a little bit of transparency in me. Uh, already, you know what I'm saying? Got some tears dropped out of my eyes, man. Got me a little choked up already. But um, yeah, it ain't gonna all be down and sorrow and stuff like that, man. It's gonna be some laughs and some jokes too. Uh, I'm a big jokester. Uh, I crack a lot of jokes, man. I'm, I'm a silly dude, man. I believe in laughing a lot. So I'm gonna be sharing stuff that's funny too, man. We're gonna have some conversations. Just gonna be general conversations about sports. Um, you know about about just about anything, man. So. Just be prepared. Like I said, it's, un- it's unscripted, man. So you don't know what I'm going to come with, how I'm going to come with it, when I'm going to come with it. Just be prepared for, just expect the, the unexpected. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope y'all, man, take the time out to listen to this first joint, man. Um, Yeah. I look forward to, to growing as a family with my followers as y'all come and decide to follow me, man. Y'all want to get more out of me. And like I said, I'm going to be as transparent as I possibly can and be as consistent as I possibly can. And, uh, yeah, be real. So, tap in. Tap in and stay tapped in. You know what I mean? Tap in and stay tapped in. And, and, and we're going to grow together. We're going to grow together, man. And I hope that anything that I share is a blessing to somebody. I hope that anything I share touches somebody, is a testimony to somebody. And that, uh, like I said, y'all able to get something from it and grow from it. And I'm, I'm going to remain humble and just... You know, allow God to use me however he see fit. All right, man. I love y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Transparency Tuesdays, man. I thank you for tuning back in to Unscripted with Key. Um, this is episode two. And um, I thought long and hard, man, about what I wanted to talk about for my second episode. Um, and, you know, which part of my transparency path did I want to take? Um, but, you know, they always say, you know, the best way to eliminate a problem or, you know, get to the source of things and start at the root, um, you know, or roots in some cases. Uh, so I felt that um, the best place was to start with one of the biggest um, situations in my life that has affected me to this day. Um, so I titled this episode, Stained by a Touch. 
Staying by a touch is the title of my episode for episode two. Um, so let's go before the Lord before I get into that. Dear gracious Father, we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us, allowing us to wake up today, Lord God, and start another day. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the use of our limbs, uh, being in our right mind. Father God, having the use of our voice, um, just being able to work, be paid, take care of family. Um, and in those you know situations to where we may not have jobs or family or, or um, life just may not be looking the way we want it to, Lord God, we pray that you provide a way, Lord God, that you be the light unto our path and that you open doors, Lord God, that no man can close, Father God, for those who need it. And even those that are you know, living the life that they think they have, Lord God, that you continue to direct their steps, Lord God, and reveal to them what the next step is, what the next level is, Father God. I pray anyone that's listening to this podcast, Father God, I pray overflow in their lives emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically, Lord God. Um, I pray that you, you can touch their bodies, Lord God, and no hurt, harm, and danger comes to them, Father God. I pray that, you know, you allow me to say the things that I need to say, Lord God, that can touch their heart. Father God, that um, they can relate to whatever I've been through. Um, and even if this episode may be something they can't relate to, Lord God, that they feel it you know, on their heart to share it and maybe that it touched somebody else. Um, none of me and all of you, as I always say, Father God, I humbly come and bow at your feet. Father God, as you direct me and lead me to do what I do and say what I say. I thank you for getting me to a place in my life where I can be this transparent and not feel embarrassed or scared or worried as I once did before. Um, I thank you for removing complacency from my life. I thank you for changing me from being counterfeit um, and taking the spirit of being an imposter off my life, Father God, so that I can share the true me, Father God, and share the growth and how you have changed um, the thing, changed my life and the pain that I've gone through. I give you all honor and glory, Father God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, all right, all right. So let me first start by saying this, right? <clears throat> I just want to thank everybody that has listened thus far. I think I looked at my app that I use and I had like 31 listeners. Um, I don't know if that even tells me who all listened from Spotify. I know it, you know, it transfers over to Spotify. So I don't even know if it was even more to listen to Spotify, but through the app that I seen, 32 pe people listen. That was more, like, I wasn't even anticipating that. I was just really just doing it off the whim. Like I said, you know, I was encouraged by a friend of mine and a spiritual sister of mine and didn't even expect that. So that was truly a blessing. And then the the feedback I got from people um, was just crazy, man. I just appreciate everybody. I, I thank everybody for that. It really touched me, man, that, you know, a lot of people appreciated the transparency. Um, I gotten feedback from people that I wasn't even expecting. Um, so I just want to say thank y'all for tuning in. I hope y'all continue to tune in. I hope y'all continue to share as much as possible, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whoever. If you got friends, don't matter. Like, just hope you share it. Just share, 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 share. Thank y'all. Um, also, some of my family and friends, um, I know that some of them have voiced that my transparency had kind of had them feeling some type of way. You know what I'm saying? And that made me feel great. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, you know, to, to know that they care that much to be bothered by what would, would hurt me, you know, and, and it hurt them even more so that they didn't even know it, you know, because I did a great job in hiding it. Um, so I just want to tell all my goons, right? 
Y'all can y'all can y'all can stand at ease, man. We don't we don't gotta do nothing. You know what I'm saying? We don't gotta be nothing popping off or nothing like that, man. God is handling that thing. He already handled majority of it. You know what I'm saying? It's already handled. All of it's already handled. So we ain't even about to worry about it. So I y'all can go ahead and stand at ease, man. Y'all go ahead and, and and just relax. You know what I mean? Just listen to what you can listen to and what it you can't. You know what I'm saying? I respect it. Um, you know what I mean? But don't 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 worry about nothing. That's all I can say. Don't worry about nothing. This transparency is helping me. Um, and I really believe that God is calling me to reveal these things and be as transparent um, because people need it. Granted, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what's next after I share all that I feel I need to share. You know what I mean? Like, I just know that this transparency um, serves a purpose. So whatever the next chapter for this podcast or even just for my life that God has for me, I'm, I'm very firm in believing that, you know, this is going to play a part in it. Um, so yeah, don't worry about it, man. And I'm just let y'all know, man, I got goons, man. <laughs> I got goons. You know what I mean? Got spiritual goons. You know what I'm saying? That was goons and then they gave their life to Christ. You know what I'm saying? But they still goons. I got educated goons. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got goons, goons. So yeah, I just need all y'all to just stand up at ease, man. Just relax. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and keep tuning in. And I just encourage y'all, even like I say, if you can't relate, to just share it with. Um, just share it. You don't even gotta be a specific person. Just share it, whether it's on your social medias. Just share it, and let's. And hopefully they share it, and they share it, and they share it, and hopefully somebody tap in, and you know what I'm saying. And they and they get something from it. Cause that's that's all it's all about for me, man. It's just trying to share my story. I hope that it blesses as many people as possible. Um, another thing I want to say is, um, I don't want anybody to think that I'm portraying to be. Somebody that's educated in, 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 you know, different subjects that I go over or that I'm some type of advisor or that any information that I give is some type of educated uh, hypothesis or educated opinion. All this basically is this podcast, everything that I share is my opinion, is my personal experience. And that's all it is. Um, so I say that to say, I don't want you to think, you know, to feel offended or, or to feel some type of way and be like, oh, no, nah, that's not even statistics or that's not even right. Because I'm not portraying to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm only sharing my experience. Um, if your experience was different, then okay. But I can only share my experience. Now, I do want to say that I encourage anyone, you know, if you're more educated in, in a certain topic, topic that I speak on. And you, you want to just deliver more information on the subject to help me and to help others. Because I have no problem with, you know, relaying that also. Um, please reach out to me and, and share that information. Um, for now on, and I, that's another thing I'm going to do. For now on, on my podcast, I'm going to always share, you know, my uh, social medias. Uh, which my IG social media is plugged, P-L-U-G-G-E-D underscore D-M-V, D-M-V underscore key k-e-y that's my ig right and my facebook is i think it's just keon mccoy uh yep just keon mccoy so and that's k-e-o-n last name mccoy m-c-c-o-y um and i'm doing that you know i'm saying i felt led to do that because um i want you to feel free to be able to reach out to me if i share anything that you that touched you you know what i'm saying um and you feel led to ask me more or ask me how, you know, what I went through, good and bad, 
by all means, reach out to me. Um, if, you know, it's something that you didn't agree with, that's absolutely fine. You can share that with me. And that's cool. I mean, that may not change the outcome of what I say, because like I said, it's my personal experience. But again, that's cool. You can, you can share it out there. If you just want to reach out and, you know, tell me that you were encouraged by it or, you know, send an encouraging word. That's cool, too. Um, or if you got podcast tips for y'all podcasters, y'all experienced podcasters out there, like I said, this is just number two for me, um, then I appreciate all the help um, to make this uh, sound more legit, sound, you know, more, um, just go more f- smoothly, uh, flow more smoothly. But um, again, like I said, I'm not really focused on how perfect it sounds or how professional it sounds because my objective is unscripted. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Like, I'm putting I'm 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 all the way freestyling this joint. Like when I lay this track, it's exactly what it's gonna be, how it's gonna be, how it's gonna be said, you know, and that's just it. Um and I I believe that, that adds to the transparency of it and the authenticity of of you know who I am and and of everything going on. I feel like the once it becomes it comes starts sounding too commercial, it loses authenticity. Um and I feel like that, that makes it less relatable. Alright, so Let's get into my my topic. Um, Staying by touch, right? So again, like I said, I thought hard. I thought long. And I'm not going to lie. I was kind of iffy about starting with this. Um, Just because of, like I said, the feedback I got about how hearing about um, certain things that I've gone through in this topic, particularly um, how it bothered, you know, a few of the people that were close to me. Um... But again, like I said, I had to start there because a lot of my problems in life, a lot of things that I've gone through in life stems from that. So um, I'm going to start with my molestation, right? So with my molestation, um, well, let me start by saying this, right? Now, these are statistics. So they say one in six of every young boy gets touched, whether by male or female. Um, I also saw in an article where it said that um, 70% of sexual assault cases are done by someone that you know, a relative, a friend, or something like that. And in this case, it was um, a relative. Um, Now, another thing I want to say is that there's a very big misconception that um, every time somebody says they're touched, especially a, a young man, you know, everybody assumes that it was by another man because that's what's projected. Um, I think statistics say like 90% of sexual assault cases were by men. Um, where in my case, it wasn't. It was by a young young lady. Um, and honestly, and again, now this is not statistics and all that, but I feel like there are more cases out there of sexual assault by young ladies that aren't reported. Um, and for me, I feel like there are various different reasons why. Um, case in point being for me one of the reasons why I didn't tell anybody well into my 30s 
um, was because I was embarrassed that I was overpowered and taken advantage of by a woman, by a young lady. Um, granted, you know, I was eight, and a lot of people would like, you know, would, would say, well, you were a child, you know, she was a lot older, you know, but you, you, you can't take that out your mind. You know what I mean? You know that you're a boy. You know what I mean? We're all taught that boys are sort to be tougher than girls. You know what I mean? That's what society teaches us. That's what you think. You know, you, you see the girls will be really dainty, really delicate. You know what I mean? Boys sort of protect the girls. Um, but, you know, it, it, it really bothers you when that happens. And the very person that you're supposed to be stronger than is the one that's overpowering you and taking advantage of you. Or in this case, forcing you to do stuff to them and stuff like that. On top of that, um, it was really embarrassing and hurtful that one of the times was done in front of my sister. You know, my sister was forced to, to, to stay in the room when stuff was going on. And me being her big brother, and I didn't protect her, um, I, I, I felt weak. I felt like... I was a failure. Like, I felt like I didn't do what my dad always told me to do, which was protect my sister at all means. You know? Um, so that, that, that played, you know, that played a, a big role um, in, in a lot of the insecurities that I have. Um, so just to kind of recap that, 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 that those scenarios, um, so she it, she she was married into the family. Um, it happened the summer. Um, it was happened the summer I was down in Florida, um, living with a family member, and this particular family member had gotten remarried, and the person she had gotten remarried to, um, you know, had a daughter, and it was his daughter that that was doing it. Um, and pretty much told me not to say anything to anybody. And, you know, I, I just, like I said, it wasn't even that she told me not to say nothing was that kept me from telling anybody. It was my, my pride, even at a young age like that, you know, because I prided myself on being identical to my dad. Like I said, my dad to me was the toughest dude, the coolest dude, the most handsome dude, the flyest dude that I knew. So for that to happen to me, even at a young age like that, I felt like it was too embarrassing for me to try to admit that to my father and my mother that, I, that somebody had taken advantage of me, that somebody had taken advantage of me and hurt me. And, um, you know, my parents, it's not to say that my parents were they, they, you know what I'm saying? They, they weren't the type of parents that never asked if anything was going on or anything like that. Because my parents would ask us regularly, you know, if anybody had touched us or anything like that. But um, I just never, I never felt comfortable with telling them the truth and, and breaking that to them that that happened. I just remember as a kid, man, just calling to talk to them. And I just remember crying and just begging to come home. 
you know, and I'm sure because I didn't tell them, my parents probably just thought I was just homesick and just wanted to come. And they was like, oh, we'll see you soon, you know. We'll see you at the family reunion and blah, 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 and all that, you know. But really, I was, I was, I was hurting inside. I was terrified. Um, I felt uncomfortable. Felt awkward. And it just seemed like those days just ran on longer and longer and longer. And, you know, it seemed like it took forever and ever for them to come. And the day that they came couldn't come fast enough, I'm telling you. Um, but I, I harbored that in for years. And the reason why I started with that, because like I said, this, 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 this was the root that stemmed a lot of problems. Um, this led to me becoming very, very angry and spewing it out to my siblings. Um, you know, and and displaying a lot of anger and hatred toward them that they didn't deserve. That breaks my heart to this day because I think back on moments like that, man, that my brothers looked up to me, man. You know, just recently, my brother, uh, Tevin, he had um, his, his, his groom's party uh, dinner. <laughs> and the card that he wrote me, man, and put in there that he thought I was, you know, of course, behind all of us thinking that thinking that about my dad, but he told me he thought I was his superhero, hero, man. And that that broke me down because all, all the times that I've literally said out my mouth, that I hated him, that I couldn't stand him, you know, and I was mean to other brothers, my other younger brothers and mean to my sister, like just moments like that, that had all this anger in me because I kept pushing this down and not realizing as a kid, that's where it's stemming from. You know, it, it broke me down because I don't deserve that type of affirmation and admiration from him, from any of them. You know, they, I don't deserve that. So it stemmed from that. Um, it, it, it led to me fighting a lot, fighting all the time, you know, especially when I, I got grown. When I fought so much, it led to me drinking. Like I became an alcoholic, especially when I went in the military. Um, in the military, man, I, I drank so, 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 so much. Like it was times I'd be sleeping in my car because I would use my last $20 on a bottle of liquor versus getting gas to be able to get back and forth home. I was in debt. If it weren't for my ex-wife, um, you know, holding me down when we were dating, like she did so much, you know, for me financially when we were dating, man, that I, I would honestly, I honestly don't know where I would be. Like the cars that I had, I wouldn't have. Um, if it weren't for her helping me pay for stuff, helping me manage stuff. Like, it was just, my life was just in shambles. Um, before then, you know, with the gang banging, joining gangs and stuff like that, like I said, I felt like I was always had to prove myself. I felt like, like from that moment that happened, I felt like I always was running from, like subconsciously running from that moment, those moments. I felt like I always had to prove myself because I felt weak. And like I said, whereas the guys that I hung with, whether it was before military, during military, or even after present day, um, these guys were some tough guys. You know what I mean? They were some tough guys that did the things they did, bust the moves they bust. We fought. They fought like they fought. 
because they was built like that, man. And they were genuinely really built like that. Like these guys were some tough guys. Meanwhile, I was being counterfeit. You know, I was, I was, I was uh, impersonating that, that whole mentality and fighting out of fear the entire time just because I kept running from those moments. You know, I wanted so, I had so much fear in my heart that one day that moment would catch up to me and everybody and it would be exposed and everybody would see it and I would be the laughing stock. Like I would be considered the weakest guy ever because that happened to me. Um, and I never dealt with it. Never told anybody. I was harboring all this in. Um, it affected my grades. It affected just me wanting to be in school. It affected my walk with Christ. Um, it affected me sexually. And actually, that's where one of the places that affected me the most. Um, so it's noted that, you know, people that I touch tend to be very promiscuous because of that spirit that was put on them because of that them being touched. And um, I, I struggled with that like, terribly um, at a very young age, um, almost literally after the fact that happened. Um, coming back, uh, you know, I, at a young age, and I'm, I'm glad I'm old enough to not get my butt whooped now because my parents would listen to this. They probably would have told my tail up, but... Um, at a young age, man, like eight, nine years old, I was out here sneaking and geeking and making stuff happen, you know, you know, just in different places. Like, I mean, you know, whether I was at a friend's house or, you know, just whatever. Like, I was, school didn't matter. Like, I was just talking more grown than I should have been. I was doing stuff more grown than I should have been with girls and stuff like that. Now, granted, um, I didn't have sex until later. Like, it, it always allowed me to a limit, but, you know, kissing, holding hands, touching, uh, like, doing stuff, like oral sex, stuff like that, I was doing, yeah, all of that. Um, and, that and it always felt like I needed to do it. Like, it's like I had this itch that I couldn't scratch. Like, I, I just felt like I had to, like, I was addicted, like, I was hooked, like... It was a part of me. Like, I had to do it. And, um, you know, it, it was it was crazy just to go back to talking about how, like, boys get touched. Like, it was crazy to me because I remember one instance, man. I don't remember exactly what grade I was in, but I remember, like, this had, and this has had to be, like, a young age because we were, we were boys talking stupid. Like, you know how kids just say stupid stuff that you think about now. Like, what was I even thinking? But I, I don't even know how we got on a subject, but I just remember... A subject coming along, like somebody making a comment. Like, I guess I don't even know how they got a subject of rape and molestation and stuff like that. But it somehow got swayed to somebody making a comment like, oh, shoot, if if a, if a fine woman want to rape me or molest me, you know, that I'd be all for that. Come rape me or something like that to that extent. And um, <laughs> at that moment, I felt so exposed. And it was like I did the most at that moment. It was like I had to overreact to to agree with that. And so here I am jumping out there. Yeah, yo, yo, if somebody somebody come jump on me, I'm trying to get more of this. Da, 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 and I ain't even had no sex before, man. And, you know, and I'm just jumping out there like that for no reason, really. Because, like I said, I felt exposed. I, I felt like... 
again, like I said, I was running from that moment. So, you know what I'm saying? That ironically coming up, like, took a emotional stab at me. And I was like, yo, I got to hurry up and jump out there before somebody started looking at me, even though nobody even knew anything. You know what I mean? So it was like I was, I was, I guess, convicted for no reason because nobody even knew. So like that, that kind of happened. So like moments like that didn't happen often, but you know, it just felt like I always have to had to overexert myself when it came to just talking about sex. Period. You know what I mean? So I lost my virginity set late, right? I lost my virginity late. Um, had plenty of plenty of plenty of opportunities to do it, but every time I would go to have sex with somebody, those memories would pop back in my head, and I couldn't do it. Like I could not do it. Um, and literally the moment that I lost my virginity, I had to really force myself. But I'm going to tell you, that was the worst thing I could have ever done because that opened up a whole different Pandora's box in my life. And, um, man, like it, it was just an avalanche downhill from that point. Um, it, if man, it was just horrible. Like just from that moment. That moment going forward, if I thought I had a problem before, like and before I could say that I was doing stuff orally, I was I had a problem with masturbation, I was addicted to pornography, even at a young age. Um you know, I it, it got it got so much worse at that moment because um now we're getting into soul ties. You know, so now not only was out dealing with my own situations, but now I'm I'm taking on other people's stuff, and um, that took my promiscuity to a whole nother level. Now being molested also messed me up, you know, as far as my mas- feeling masculine. Like I, I felt, I always felt weak. I always felt like, you know, that and it goes back to what I said in the first episode. You know, feeling inadequate. Um, having insecurities, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've never thought I was a handsome guy ever, even to this day. Like I would have women tell me all the time how handsome I was, like I said in the first episode, but it was always hard for me to believe that because I always felt like I was inadequate because of that moment. Well, amongst other things, but because of that moment, you know what I mean? Like I, I always felt weak. It had me questioning my sexuality. And not my sexuality in the sense of whether or not I like men or women. Um, I've always liked women. But just whether or not I felt like I was masculine enough for a woman or man enough for a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always felt like that's that's another reason why I felt like I always had to fight. I always had to be tough. Like, my ex would tell you, like, when we first started dating, probably for the whole first year, she would always ask me. And people used to ask, too, like, why you look so mad all the time? Why your face always... I got so used to having this face, my face tight, like, so that nobody would mess with me, like, just looking mean all the time that it became a natural look that I'd be sitting there, I'd be happy, and I'd just sitting there, I'd look so mean, and I didn't realize I'm doing it, and she would ask me that all the time. But it stemmed from moments like that. Underlining stuff that I just kept sweeping, sweeping under the rug, sweeping under the rug, sweeping under the rug. Um... But yeah, like man, it, it it affected me so much, um, and like I said, that's that's that whole tapping into the sexual realm. Um, 
it just it just took it to a point to now I was just being reckless. You know, I lost all uh I lost all idea of what loyalty meant. Um I lost all idea and respect for what commitment was. Um you know, and I didn't care and I just felt like I was going to get it by any means. Uh I was disrespecting the boundaries of you know friends and family members you know as far as like women that I dated um just didn't care I, I just I was very I became very very selfish in the act of just caring more so about when I was going to get my next nut and not anybody's feelings you know and not realizing that it was all stemming from the insecurities of me sweeping everything under the rug. So because I didn't deal with it, it allowed everything to just get worse and get worse and get worse and get worse and get worse. And, get worse. Um, and you know, it's nothing worse than wanting to love somebody so much, you know, and, and really genuinely loving them and having a problem that you can't stop no matter how hard you try, you know, and hurting them in the worst ways ever. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. Like a lot of people don't, they like to, you know, look at addictions to drugs and stuff like that separately from, you know, addiction, addiction to sex and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a real addiction. Addiction to pornography, it's a real addiction. It's a real addiction, you know, and it, and it, like I said, it, and it's, it's, it's genuinely something just like somebody been on crack or heroin or being you know alcohol addict just it's really something that you you genuinely can't stop without you know proper help or without you know the support sometimes it is and and i'm I'm a firm believer in that because I'm that person like that's somewhere where you know like i said i i could i I can't agree with someone when they say, oh you can just stop it whenever you want to because that's not the case for everybody it's not it's not the case for everybody. You know, everybody's story is different. Everybody's level of self-control is different. And I feel that in, the, in moments like that affects stuff like self-control. Because I lacked self-control. Because I had no control over my emotions. I had no control over my sexual drive. I had no control over my life. Because I felt like everything was spiraling out of control. And I, I was just trying to make it through the days. You know, I was always so depressed and trying to smile through it that I hit it so good from everybody. That every that's why everybody's so surprised when I start breaking stuff out because I was so good at at hiding it. That I was even able to hide it from my wife. The person that laid next to me. You know what I'm saying? Every night I was able to hide it from her. But hiding from her, hiding it from my ex-wife was the worst thing I could have done. Because I wasn't addressing the things that needed to be addressed, you know, my loyalty, my commitment. And I I had the perception in my head thinking that, oh, man, I'm in love with this girl. So I marry her. I know I'll be able to stop if I marry her. You know, thinking that marriage is going to stop it and, it, and it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. That didn't mean I didn't love her any less because I loved her. I don't regret marrying her. You know what I mean? If I had the chance, I'd marry over again. But my my mistake was thinking that being married 
was going to cause me to stop doing everything I was doing. But it wasn't because I wasn't addressing the things I needed to be addressed in the first place. I was very insecure about sex, period. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I indulged in pornography often. I felt like, you know, when I had sex with people, with women, you know what I'm saying, that I had to the, do the stuff that I saw in the pornos, that the nastier I was, the more manly I was, the more dominant I was in the bedroom, the more manly I was, you know. And in all honesty, <laughs> that started deteriorating the love life between me and my ex-wife because she started knowing the difference in how I was making love to her. Started knowing the difference. Started knowing, noticing the lack of um, compassion, the the lack of intimacy, and that it became like a porn video. There was no intimacy there. There was no no love there. Even though I knew I was in love with her and I loved her, but because it had such a hold on me, and I was so focused on trying to mask my insecurities, instead of allowing her, the woman that I said I was so in love with to tap into the most insecure, most sensitive um, parts of my life. Um, you know, it messed things up. And like I said, because I was so insecure and looking for affirmations all the time, um, it it clouded my, my judgment to where I started looking for affirmations from other women. You know, because like I said, it started changing the, the, the way that things were going in the bedroom because I was so focused and so... Uh, stuck on the pornography, obviously the sex was, she was pulling back, you know, from the sex and stuff like that um, because of me. So instead of me again um, addressing it and and addressing the, the situation, addressing the problems and, you know, focusing on devoting all my time and attention to my wife, um, I went looking for the affirmation and sex and stuff from other women. And, you know, I learned very quickly that just because you get away from something at that moment doesn't mean it's going to come. It won't come back to bite you in the butt later. If you would have asked me three years ago. In the height of my infidelity, three, four years ago, five years ago, that whole range. Um, if I would have been divorced, I would have laughed you in your face and probably threw you some scriptures with it <laughs> because I was living a fake life, man. I was, I was being counterfeit my whole life from the age of eight had been an impersonation of everything and everyone that I saw around me had become an outlook of what I thought it should be and what I thought everybody else wanted it to be that I've gotten so comfortable and so complacent in playing the part. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just became real comfortable with that, man. But it was it was crazy because I shed so many tears, man, because it's not a worse feeling than wanting to be free of something. And not knowing why you can't be free. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I tapped into this part of my life again. 
that I realized that I couldn't be free until I released myself from my past. And I hadn't done that, and I couldn't do that while I kept brushing under the under the uh, rug and trying to hide from this, from embarrassment. You know, so, um, I mean, I thank God that I'm the man that I am now, you know. And honestly, going through my separation before my divorce, uh, helped expose a lot of this stuff to me, man. I just, you know, it, like I said, God had to work with me and build me to a point of being able to be comfortable being transparent. And I was going to this group at a church that I grew up in when I had lived back in Maryland because I had moved back to Maryland for a while. Um, at this church that I grew up, First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. Um, and I had, I had gone there and I was going to the group and the group, you know, we, it was very transparent and they had this chair, man, that if you was, you know, if you was BSing, you wasn't being transparent, they can tell, man, they was going to put you in that chair in front of everybody and you were almost in timeout, man, and you put, it put you there until you felt like you wanted to be real about what you was going through. And seeing men be comfortable being transparent about anything, you know, definitely helped me. It definitely um, allowed me to be transparent. And the more I became transparent about things, um, you know, starting with the faults that I had in my marriage, you know, I kept trying to focus so much on how I was getting better that I wasn't, I was avoiding what I actually did wrong. I was avoiding the damage that I caused, but I couldn't move forward until I addressed that. So as I became transparent about addressing stuff like that, as I became transparent, you know, about just uh, realizing that, um, you know, I played a major role into where we're here and that things wouldn't happen overnight and I couldn't just snap my fingers and make her fall back in love with me. You know, that forced me, you know, over time through prayer, just through, you know, reading and reading different books and stuff like that, man, that I, I had to tap into that. So, you know, it just kind of happened that it, because it, it, it will always subconsciously over time come back across my mind. Um, and it did. And that, that moment that it did, you know, I just broke down, man, and I just, you know, cried and I cried and I cried and I cried, you know, because it was time for me to tap into that. Um, and I had, you know, spoken to people about it even before then, but I had really never really tapped into it and really released myself from it. And it was like once I did, man, once I released myself from that moment, once I was able to just release myself from that bondage, you know, things started to turn for the better for myself. Um, I started seeing things in a new light. I started being able to be transparent about other things in my life and not really care about what anybody thought. Um, the sexual thing kind of still had a hold on me as far as the pornography and stuff like that up until recently um, to where I was, I, I've really been able to break myself of that. And that's a true blessing. Like I've, I've came out, you know, the darkness without I came out, you know, the bondage, the whole with that whole aspect of feeling like I have to have sex and, you know, feel like I have to watch pornography or I have to masturbate and stuff like that. Like I don't have that hold, you know, to where it's before it was. Um, you know, and, and like I said, it, it even it even 
poured over into making my ex-wife feel very insecure. You know, and I didn't realize it because, like I said, I was so stuck into a facade of what I thought everything was supposed to be that I didn't realize how I was even affecting her. Um, you know, even bringing, you know, tr- trying to bring things, bring topics into our relationship and in and, and bedroom, you know, as as stuff like, you know, threesomes and um, just, just other stuff that I, I know that would have defiled our bedroom and things that I know now uh, made her feel insecure like she wasn't enough. When really that was never my intention in the first place. It was just I was so lost <laughs> and so insecure that I thought I had to be something else for her when in all actuality I was just enough. Um, you know, and it helps me now feel more masculine, feel feel more of a man, you know, I feel like I could take care of business, I feel like I hold it down and stuff like that for my kids, uh, and I and I, and I can tell the way I carry myself, you know, people tell me all the time, man, you, I would have never thought you was insecure, like, they used to thought I was just, they used to think that I was just saying it, you know, because they would always tell me, you come in and you, you know, you always come in a room or you just come with so much confidence, like, when you, when you, when you come talking and you, you smiling and stuff like that, like, you feel like you, you know what you're doing, like you're the man and stuff like that. And it was all, it was all impersonation, stuff that I saw the guys doing that I copycatted, you know, to hide my insecurities, to hide what I felt I lacked at. Um, and, and, and like I said, that all played from that molestation. Like it all played from that. Like it's just crazy how that moment, those moments, that situation, um, just affected so many aspects of my life, you know. And I want to encourage anyone and everyone that listens to this. Like, it don't even have to be molestation, but just take some time to reflect back on things that you may have had happen to you or happen in your life, whether it's financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, that may have caused you to shift somehow and and cause an avalanche effect on various places in your life. Please take that time out to reflect and fix those areas and tap into those areas um, because you'll never know how they can affect you later. Like you may think that you moved away from, you moved on from a situation or a situation no longer affects you, but that may not always be the case because there may be something that flare up years later like mine did for me um and it may be subconsciously affecting you and you're not even realizing it like mine did for me you know um not addressing that situation granted i know at eight years old you know i would i wouldn't have been old enough to really know the effects but even as an adult not addressing that situation and getting the help like i know i need it um you know caused me to lose out on the best person that Person, best person in my life, like my best friend. You know, it caused me to hurt her um, in ways that she should have never have been hurt. And it's my fault, but you know, that was never my intentions. Um, she was supposed to be my forever, you know, but I allowed my past to um, affect that, you know. And like I said, I gotten so used to making excuses for everything in my life that I really had to just face the music and realize that 
I needed to start addressing things and cleaning some stuff up. And now things are night and day different, you know, as far as myself, as far as how I carry myself, as far as how I feel. Um, I do want to encourage parents. Like I said, my parents did, and I may not have felt comfortable telling them, but, you know, the fact that they did ask, I want to encourage parents to constantly, regularly talk to your kids about not being touched and ask, you know, if they're being touched, no matter how young they are. That you ne- your child is never too young. Once they're able to start pointing and talking and stuff like that, they're, they're old enough for you to discuss private areas, things that shouldn't be done, areas that shouldn't be touched. You know, because it affects, it affects various things. It affects how you feel around, when people are around your kids. Because sometimes I, I do, sometimes I have moments where I feel very uncomfortable with my kids being around anybody, whether it's family members, whether it's friends, all that. Like, I, I feel super overprotective about them at, at random moments, man. You know, and, and, and you don't want your kids to go through experiences like that. Because it's even worse for girls. I think the girl number was for every one in four young girls have been touched. Protect your kids. Protect your kids, man. Allow your conversations to remain open to where you can be able to, your kids will be com- feel comfortable to talk to you about stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and, and it goes back to, uh, again, like I said, one of the things we're going to address later on is that for my guys, and even for some of my moms, don't ever make your kids feel like they have to be super tough around you or that you're too tough to be able to talk to them. Make sure you love your kids and love your kids every moment you get. I don't care if they're a boy. I don't care if they're 15, 20, 30. I don't care if they're a girl. It don't matter. Love on them and make sure they know that they can talk to you about anything every moment you can. Don't get so focused on just being a parent and a provider that you lose the fact that being a part of a being a part of being a parent, part of being a, a provider is to be you know to 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 be a lover to your your kids, to love your kids. You know what I mean? You don't want to feel like it's a dictatorship. You don't want it to feel like they in boot camp. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to feel like it's a business relationship. Like, your kids should love being around you. And that's what I do. That's how I make my objective, to make sure I love. I, t- I don't go a day, a moment. Sometimes I tell my kids more times they can count how much I love them throughout the day. I send text messages to my oldest son because he's the only one on the phone right now. I tell him how proud I am. Tell him how much he's a superstar because he, he plays football and basketball. Uh, tell him how much I love him. You know, and even in those moments... To whereas he may not, he may be struggling in the school and stuff like that, or he may not do something that I want him to. Yeah, I reprimand him. Yeah, I discipline him. But then I, I shower on love after that. Because I don't want him for a second to feel like, man, dad don't care. Dad don't care. You know what I'm saying? Mom don't care. So I, I like I said, I, I beg you to make sure you keep those channels of communication open between you and your your loved ones, you and your children. You know what I'm saying? Significant others. If you have someone that you're with, fellas, make sure you are all ears, man, and you make yourself available to be able to hear those most intimate moments of your significant other, your your woman's life. Make sure you make that, that line of communication there. Make sure you 
you give them that safety net so that if there's something that they're struggling with to that extent or that extreme, that they feel comfortable and confiding in you and you can be there and be their support system to help them get through that moment. Women, same for men. It's so many men that are going through so much and hurting so much on the inside. But because women expect for men to always listen, that they forget that they have to listen to us also, that we want to be heard too. You know what I mean? You expect for us to provide and you expect for us to protect that you forget that, you know, we, 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 we long for a sense of intimacy on that aspect also. And fellas, you got to be willing to communicate if she gives you that. Baby steps. You got to be patient. But yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sure later on in these later episodes, I may tag back in and come back, you know, with more stuff. But that's the gist of that. And I just wanted to share that. You know what I'm saying? I kind of figured that this episode was going to be a little longer than the last. Um, I hope you don't feel like it's long, drawn out, and get bored and all like that. But, you know, I wanted to share that. I wanted to share that. And this is like the start of everything where I'm going through. And then we'll build from here. But I just thank y'all for taking our time to listen to me. Um, like I said, if you relate to it, you know, I hope that you know that you're not the only one out here. And feel free to reach out to me. You know what I mean? We can talk. We can chat. We can encourage each other. You know, anything. If you don't relate to it, that's cool. I thank you for listening anyway. You know, and if you don't mind sharing it, then share it. Maybe somebody that you know can relate to it. You know what I mean? So just keep it. And regardless of whether you relate to this aspect or not or relate to anything else that I've shared, man, I want to encourage you to keep your head up, encourage you to keep pushing forward, press toward the mark, um, and just keep, just keep, man, just keep remembering that no matter what, you know, it, it always gets better. It may not feel like it. And at one time in my life, about a year ago, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me. Everybody told me, especially when I was going through my divorce, and especially when the divorce happened this year, like, I felt like I was suffocating. It felt like it was never going to get better. I was never going to see the end of the tunnel. And I'm reaching into the tunnel, and days are getting so much easier to get through, you know, and I'm smiling a lot more. So I'm just telling you, I'm I'm one to talk about. It. I'm 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 living proof, living testimony that things do get better. But you have to address them. All right, man. So I love y'all, man. I love all my listeners. I appreciate y'all for listening, for tapping in. As usual, if you listen, man, I'm welcome all feedback. You know what I'm saying? I love y'all with everything in me. Um, and I hope, like I said, I gain more listeners. And if not, that's cool. Cause I'm not doing it for listening. I'm doing it for this therapy for me, but you know, please share. Um, cause like I said, each one to each one of you, you know, I'm trying to grab hold of everybody and, and try to allow my testimony to help as many people as possible. So please share, please share on Facebook, Instagram, all that, man. I appreciate y'all. Um, and I love y'all. I love y'all. Uh, so I holler at y'all and have a great day. Have a blessed day.